Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's better now. Crossroads with missing signs. Mm. Not sure, left or right. Maybe straight on, make a path of my own. Never known from before. You, you know, kicking kick the door tomorrow. tomorrow. I know it ain't promised. But back home, maybe. But we're here today. We are here today. Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode one of the Network Nights podcast. We did it, y'all. We did it. We done did it. It has been done. Done it is. I am your host, Khalif Yisrael, a.k.a. Khalif Israel, and uh, thank y'all for joining me on this joyous occasion to listen to a conversation between two friends. First off, I'd like to introduce or give a huge shout out to the introduction music that you just heard. That is Nowhere featuring Cage Bird by the group called Wolf Cat. That is Wolf and a Cat, no spaces put together. You get some great music. Who knew? I didn't know, but now I know. And now you know. But that is off their EP called Ruins. That is on all streaming services right now at this second. So go look that up. They got a lot of good stuff over there. Shout out to Philly. Y'all killing it. Like to set the vibe real quick. All right. Just just like to like to just let y'all get into a zone, to a frame of mind and just get ready for this conversation that you're about to hear. So this is your chance to grab, uh, you know, some comfies, right? That's what my wife like to say. Grab some comfies, go in your closet, grab that uh, that that nice, that old hoodie that you should have thrown away maybe about five or six years ago with holes in it, stains. Yeah, get that, get that on, get comfy. Or or maybe that robe uh, that's, that's tattered and, you know, the dog got to it too many times. You can put that on, uh, get those comfy, extra, extra comfy slippers with the, with the, with the fur on the inside, you know, nobody knows you got them, but you know, we, we know just, you can go and grab those, put them on your feet, uh, pour up a drink of your choice, maybe some water, some tea, and, uh, just get, just get real relaxed and get ready for the conversation that you're about to bear witness to. For this episode, I had the pleasure of virtually speaking to Brandon Ease Carter. Brandon Carter is a Naval officer that graduated from the United States Naval Academy in 2014. He received his bachelor's in ocean engineering and is currently at the Naval Postgraduate School in Monterey, California, completing his master's degree in electrical engineering. Though still active duty, Brandon has stretched his legs into the world of entrepreneurship, investing, and community service. His goal is to build a diversified financial foundation that will allow him and his family to live a life with more options and time freedom. So without further ado, I'd like to bring him in. Brandon, the man Carter. What's going on, my brother? Hey, my guy, my guy, Leek. What's going on, man? Thanks for having me. I really do appreciate it. Amen. Amen. The pleasure is mine. All right. I want to I want to give a sincere, sincere applause, man, for you coming out to do this, man, um, especially with episode one. First off, man, what what you drinking over there? I see you got something in your cup. What you got? Oh yes, here in my king cup, I have a, a little elderberry tea. You know, good for the immune mm. system. Get you nice and opened up for the lungs. Mm. So, yeah, mm. just trying to you know stay safe, stay good, stay comfortable around these times. You know, that is true. That is true. I'm, I'm glad you staying safe, my brother. And I'm I'm sipping on some purified water, y'all. Purified water. Make sure you uh you hydrate at all times. All right, all right. Without further ado, though, let's kick this bad boy off. 
All right. So, Brandon, let's start with your beginnings, man. Um, growing up in your shoes, what was it like? Yeah, man, growing up, uh, it was, it's been an interesting life for sure. Uh, grew up moving around a lot. My mom was in the Navy. So, you know, her, myself, my younger sister and my grandma, we did a lot of traveling, uh, you know, from early on. We lived in Maryland for about nine years after I was born and then started moving around. We headed to Spain. So you lived where? Uh, Rockville, Maryland. I'm sorry, are you saying Mer Maryland? Oh, I think that's what you, you know what? That's what you think, yes. Uh, Is that right? I said Bodymore? Maryland, yes. <laughs> but if, you, if you're from the city, you know what it is. I got you. <laughs> so yeah, we lived there for about nine years and then uh, headed over to uh, Spain. Went to Rota, Spain for about two to three years. Hmm. Uh, grew up a good amount. Learned a lot. Got to learn a little Spanish. It was a good time. Uh, did a lot of good Met a lot of good people out there that I still talk to today. And then after that, uh, my mom got stationed in Japan. We went over there next. I uh, lived in Okinawa. Again, military kid stuff. Got to meet a lot of folks. I uh, went to school there, graduated middle school. And uh, after that, started ninth grade in Norfolk, Virginia. Went to Lake Taylor High School for about three to four months. And then my mom got stationed over in uh Jacksonville, North Carolina, Camp Lejeune. And when we got there, I finished up high school. Really, really grew up uh, there in North Carolina. Still have a lot of great friends there as well. So, Hey, shout out to North Carolina. Oh, 910. <laughs> so, yeah. After that, though, uh, again, with my grandma there, she helped take care of us. I uh, grew up single parent home and, you know, plus granny. And mm -hmm. with that in mind, you know, that made it challenging for me, at least as the oldest. Uh, child in the house, the only boy in the house, and then uh, learned a lot of lessons from that part. But nonetheless, it was still fun, adventurous, chill, loved sports, still love sports. Uh, in high school, played football, basketball, ran track. Um, man, my mom wanted to make sure me and Bree stayed out of trouble. Bree, my younger sister, mm. wanted to make sure we stayed out of trouble. So with that in mind, she kept us employed with, you know, mostly stuff that was productive. So how do you, how you gonna make some money? Or you know, how are you going to stay involved in sports? How are you going to be engaged mm -hmm. with uh, the community? So all those things were big deals for my mom. So they ended up being big deals for us. And um, I guess and, and yeah. to, to ask you a question about that, I mean, you, you just highlighted that you went through not your average childhood. Um, you know, I mean, plenty of people try to travel when they get to be 18 or 20 and you was already been there, done that, you know, by by a teenage, by teenage age. Yeah. So I guess the question is like, you know, what? I would say, like, what would be like a significant event or some of activities that may shaped your success today? Like something that you can directly correlate to, hey, this kind of led to that. Oh man, so um, a lot. So growing up, I was as I am now. I was always a laid back kid with a bunch of energy, so I like connecting with people. So I think some of the significant events that kind of took place just involved uh, dealing with other folks in those regards. So. Well, I'll say this first <laughs> before I get into all the good things. I'll say this was really significant because I learned a lot about myself. In third grade, uh, still in Spain, I got in my first fight. Mm. Third grade. Older kid decided, you know, we all at the park, whatever, mm. at school, and kicking the ball around, minding my business. Tackles me, kind of as I roll, like over, boom, 
give him a shot to the face. Oh, this yeah, is you not can't a good thing, people. This is not a good thing. I'm not condoning this. But what happened was when mm-hmm. I got in trouble, eventually went up to the principal's office, uh, got that phone call from my mom. We all know how that goes. Uh, she said, well, what happened? Why you do that? I said, Ma, he hit me first. Said, oh, okay. Put your principal back on the phone. And then, you know, mm. I don't know what she said after that. But what I do know is she understood and respected the fact that I was defending myself and I would never put that kind of energy out first. So mm-hmm. that helped me learn a lot about myself. Um, next. Shout you know, out to moms, yo. Shout out to moms. With, like that. I think that goes a long way, man. Like having that somebody stand up for you and defend you, especially as a kid. Because most times, you know, kids, we don't know what we're talking about. So I, I, that's huge. Third grade, man. Like, you know, shout, shout out to moms for defending, man. Shout out. Shout out. Big time. Big time, man. You know, I'm a I'm a mama's boy, mama's boy through and through. But you know, I just understood that I needed that balance. So, you know, some more stuff that kind of signified my teenage years or my younger years was again not having that father consistently in the house. But since that was the case, I was fortunate that I had a bunch of military fathers around, mm-hmm. and uh, having them was that male influence, that positive male influence, influence, excuse me, that I really needed. Uh, it helped to show what masculinity looked like. Helped me learn um, what respect was. How do you shake a hand and look someone in the eyes? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what does it mean to own stuff? Like, those are like some of the subliminal messages that I was getting and learning when I was young. So I really did appreciate that from those men. Awesome, man. Awesome. I hey, appreciate you sharing that, of course, because I think one thing I definitely um, empathize with you is kind of making mistakes at a young age. And again, just having that support. To, to fall back on when things things might not go the way you want it to go. So I definitely understand that. Man, no doubt about it. And one last thing, matter of fact, now that I think about it, um, so like I said, didn't have the father in the house, but I was fortunate to be able to meet him, my real father, for the first time when I was 16. Mm. Met him, mad, felt betrayed, all this other stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, why don't you want me? Felt abandoned, all this stuff. Later on, um, he continued to work at getting to know me. I continued to work at forgiving my mom and him. And it worked out. And like, it was a huge weight off my shoulders, man. Through high school, through uh, my freshman, sophomore year in college too. So yeah, I just wanted to make sure I put that out there too, because it really did affect who I am today. Yeah, no, I, I think, I mean, it sounds like you said, you know, you guys got some closure there. Yeah, that's and And great. I mean... I mean, it, it, I think it surprised me how many things could be solved in this world if we just had some closure. Like not even, um, you know, the rah rah and the and the other stuff. It's like you said, like you know, at first you felt how you felt, but then you got to the point where, you know, y'all worked at it, and that's probably the scariest part. Like people don't want to work at, people don't want to work. You know, it, it's it's hard. It's easy to kind of go off of somebody than walk away. But going back in there and say, hey, let's work on this. Let's work on our relationship. Let's work on our communication. Hey, man, that's pretty rough, man. It's pretty rough. Absolutely. Absolutely, man. People don't want to feel those feelings if they don't have to. If they can choose not to, that, that, would, be the, that would be the case normally, I'd say. Facts. Big facts, man. Big facts. Like I said earlier, you're currently in the Navy. What's your job in the Navy? So in the Navy, I'm a, a surface warfare officer. So what that means for everybody out there... Um, I'm in charge of giving the commands to the people driving the ship so that we can, you know, navigate safely. And also I'm in charge of a division on that particular ship. 
So I have maybe, through my experience at least, I've had up from 15 to about 30 people in my charge to mm-hmm. get a particular job done. So my first ship, I was uh, the ordnance officer in charge of, you know, bullets, training for bullets and, uh, you know, making sure that everyone was safe in those regards. And then on that same ship, I switched jobs to dealing with the bosun mates as the first lieutenant. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. So that oh, was, man. it was great, though, because it was not the same folks, right? But they have the same kind of passion about what they do. These mm-hmm. are some of the... Hey, no, much respect. Much yeah. respect, man. I, so I, I think people don't realize, though, like when you when you watch the old Navy films and like you see people chipping paint and swabbing decks and in the well deck and all that, it's like, yeah, man, like that's them. Like they, they, I mean, they like the, the, they like kind of like nurses, man. Like they just, the, the, they the job that nobody wants to do, but without them, man, things don't get done. Like, that's right. 100%. Not the sexiest job, but it got to get done. So big, big respect. I mean, every, big respect to all the all the um, all the rates, as y'all say in the Navy. But um, those are definitely some hardworking, hardworking folks right there. Yeah, man, absolutely. And I, you know, they that's another significant event for me, you know, being able to deal with those uh, individuals who are so talented, so specialized in what they do and just continually work hard, man. They, they're great. So um, I could brag about them all day, uh, but I go on. So for my next ship. Um, I was on a bigger ship in LHD. The first one was a destroyer. Uh, for the LHD down in Mayport, Florida, I was an electrical officer on board. So as the electro, I was in charge of the electrician's mates. Again, hardworking folks who, again, specialize in what they do. And man, I tell you what, they people are requesting their presence all day long because you know mm. there's always something with lights heating cooling all yeah. kind of stuff throughout the ship um everybody needs a piece of electricity so everybody needs an electrician's made you, at some point in time so. you said it's called an electro that, that that what you were called i was the electro yeah bro you sound like a pokemon that's Whoa, that's what that man. sounds like <laughs> we know what we was doing down there we knew what was going i got on. you <laughs> i just think, i was like wait electro is that the actual i get electric officer electro got it that it makes sense it does make sense yeah so in addition to being a surface warfare officer um i also have the engineering duty option what that means for me is after i'm done here at the naval postgraduate school um the plan is to be stationed over in japan and i work at a shipyard and i'll be in charge of uh, managing the maintenance milestones as a project manager for the ships as they go in and out of port so i'm looking forward to that and that experience uh, particularly with the Japanese workforce. I hear really good things about them. Again, just have to be safe and make sure, you know, I'm following protocol as as required out there. But I'm excited for it. Yeah, man. You you killing it all all fronts, man. Well, with that, you know, will, will you go back to being a surface warfare officer or will you kind of now transition and be mainly focused as like the electrical background type person um i don't know if that's an officer rate in the navy but um is that an option for you so neither actually Hmm. i will uh well excuse me i still hold the title of surface warfare officer but when i get out to japan i still have to qualify as an engineering duty officer and i'll get a whole nother pin for finishing that qualification process and then uh i won't necessarily do electrical officer related items but I may very well be in charge of a maintenance item that is that requires electrical prowess in some form or fashion. 
So it'll be an electrical engineering master's student gives me the, the wherewithal to know, hey, this isn't right or this is right. We need to go here and fix that. This is the way to safely fix that or whatever. So that is um, that is really our, our reasoning for getting a master's degree in the technical field while here at NPS, the Naval Postgraduate School. Mm -hmm. And you make a good point. I mean, I think my background as a Marine, um, we're trying to get more technical, right? We're trying to become more um, in the weeds and details about some of the systems and different, um, I would say, weapons that we can acquire. And just looking at the Navy, y'all have been technical. You know, y'all have been heavy, heavy technical, um, you know, from tying knots to, to the different systems you have on board. So it definitely shows just how um, capable you, especially yourself and the other Naval officers are, um, as you guys advancing your careers and just obtaining all this information, all this detail, and still having to lead, you know, a division, still having to lead, you know, um, 30 to 40 to 50 people and only goes up as you go in your career. So big, big ups to y'all, man. Big ups to you and your success, man. Cause this, this, I tell you right now, if they tell me the electrical engineering, I don't know if I'd be there right now, man. <laughs> <laughs> understood. Understood. And we had some other options. So I don't want you to think, you know, it's only electrical and that's it. We had a couple other engineering field options. So it was all good. Mm. You'd have made it. I know you'd have made it. You're smart. Yeah. yeah. I, I appreciate the, uh, I appreciate the well wishes, man. But we know. No. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so you kind of hit, you know, I mean, it kind of rolls right into like, you know, you you went from there to studying, um, electrical engineering at MPS. I mean, was that, was that, your, was your previous job as an electro kind of a, did that kind of spur you into that realm? Um, especially, you know, with the ocean engineering background, you know, it kind of engineering, of course, it kind of makes sense, but the electrical definitely is a different, uh, different lane. Yeah, absolutely, man. It was, it was interesting because ocean engineering, Again, learned a lot about the water and how it flows and how it affects structures in the water. So when I got to um, dealing with being the electro on board, understood the electricity and it kind of moves the same in regards to you deal with uh, the energy the same way. When you're doing equations, when you're thinking about just the concept of uh, the flow of electricity and the flow of water. So when I got to... Um, the Naval Postgraduate School here in Monterey, California. Electrical engineering was just like, you know what, let's do it. I didn't do great at it back at the Naval Academy. So I was like, this is a challenge for me. I accept it. Let's do it. I really want to learn about this stuff. And another kind of incentive for me to learn electrical engineering to this degree was um, learning about ancient African tools and learning about the Ankh. So back in the day, the Ankh was used for electromagnetic purposes as well oh, so this it, it intrigued me so again it was another reason for me to go back into my history and then project more stuff in the future so i love it man and i like it it's still mm. difficult still challenging but you know i oh, like yeah. it i do like it a lot yeah i mean hey man you just told me something i had to go and uh look more into that because i actually I didn't know about that one so hmm, that, that's oh, pretty yeah. interesting uh so you kind of hit a little bit of it, but, you know, is there any other uh, success that, you know, success that you've had in the Navy um, that you can tell us about? Man, so being here at the Naval Postgraduate School, one thing I'll say is I had an opportunity. I have because I'm currently doing it. The opportunity to be in a leadership position as the Naval, the National Naval Officers Association president over here. 
for the mm. chapter for the Monterey chapter. Mm. So that's been great. President Day engagement and experience doing that. Mm. Um, did a lot of volunteer work back on the other two ships as well, um, to include heading up the suicide prevention uh, training, to include um, you know making sure our enlisted sailors had an opportunity to understand the college route through the Naval Academy. So, mm -hmm, you know, a mm -hmm. bunch of different things that I had an opportunity to do uh, in that leadership position. And I really enjoyed it. Um, really enjoyed it. Really enjoyed having the opportunity to train other folks on how to be better, better surface warfare officers. And yeah, man, I just wanted to make the most of my time while I was there. So I feel like I did that. So I'm satisfied. Mm. I can't do enough, y'all. I can't do it enough. No, me... <laughs> Welcome back. I hope you uh, had a good time on your break. Anyway, uh, we're back here with Ease, Brandon Carter, best known as, and we are transitioning now into the focus of this conversation. And the reason why Brandon is such a special dude, y'all. Y'all going to really realize this right now. So, Brandon, without further ado with this question, what entrepreneurship, investments, community service endeavors have you done outside of the Navy? Sure. So there's been a lot. There's been a lot. But uh, starting with um, the entrepreneurial uh, businesses, I opened up a cigar lounge with a friend of mine who was actually on my second ship down in Jacksonville, Florida. Um, he's the brains behind the operation. I was uh, fortunate enough to be in good standing with him to where he offered me a portion of the company if I was to be an investor in the company. Mm -hmm. So um, with that in mind, it's a cigar lounge named Dapper D's Cigar Lounge Emporium. Mm -hmm. Again, in Jacksonville, Florida. Please go check that out. That place is amazing. Amazing. So that's, you said, you said that's Dapper, Dapper D's. That's correct. Dapper D's. Dapper D's. Jacksonville, Florida, y'all. Go check that out. 100%. Now, I'll give all the uh, information for that stuff later on. Mm -hmm. But uh, next, now that I'm here over in California, as I mentioned earlier, I'm part of a another business called Reality LLC. And I'm a minority owner of that business. Mm -hmm. And that one where we've got a bunch of arms within the business. But currently, we're promoters who are promoting MMA fighting particularly mm. and um, along with that we've got a production portion we've got a models portion we've got an artist's portion we've got um, you know a training and fitness portion so we're, we're doing a lot of stuff within um, reality LLC but right now again as I mentioned um, MMA fighting is the biggest biggest deal for us because our majority owner is actually a purple belt in brazilian jiu-jitsu himself so mm. um he's the guy that's you know moving and grooving and showing people what's going on so, um, so with that in mind i i just haven't what's up i was gonna say the question is so become a majority owner do you have to beat him Ooh, well do you have to like do you have to take him out in order to become the boss yeah it's only right it's only right <laughs> But, you know, <laughs> was, we worked together in an event. I was a volunteer for one of his events in the past. Mm -hmm. And uh, he appreciated the way that I approached the the event and how serious I was about making sure everything went well. 
And with that, he offered me a position in the business. And then after that, it skyrocketed even more to make me a co-owner. So mm. um, now I'm the co-owner and CFO of that Reality LLC. So this thing has been incredible, man. Thank you. Thank you. Claps, just claps, just keep coming, y'all. I'm telling you. It's incredible so far, man. I'm, I'm learning so much. I've never done anything in this field, MMA and all that. But I'm learning a lot about how to get it done, how to mm-hmm. get event planning done. And um, particularly here in California, where everything is so much more expensive and uh, the guidelines, particularly with COVID in place, are just difficult and challenging. But nonetheless, we're making it work. We mm-hmm. got stuff that works. I'm very excited about it. Mm-mm. Yeah, man. And then uh, the last business that I actually have part ownership in is uh, First Glance Design. And that business is just an e-commerce store that sells home decor. And I'm actually a co-owner of that with our other friend, Jackson Jones. So mm. him and I have that together. Shout out to Jackson Jones. Shout out. <laughs> so him and I were old roommates back at the Naval Academy. So now him and I decided to do some business together as well. So mm-hmm. we're getting that going and it's, it's looking good for us. And we're just continually trying to figure out how to improve the store and continue to get the funds up and then lastly the last one lastly I mentioned, lastly yeah yeah he's still going y'all he's still going <laughs> last one i mentioned is uh one's legacy i'm the brand ambassador for it it's a clothing store it sells clothing t-shirts uh jackets as well as hats this is a north carolina classic right here straight out of jacksonville north carolina mm. and i went to high school together this man is incredibly creative and you know i'm just Happy to be able to do something homegrown and continue to push it out. Show people that, you know, we we can do more than just get stuck in Jacksonville, North Carolina, because that's what's happened to a lot of our friends, family members. And, you know, we just want to show people that there's more out there if we just take an opportunity to be innovative and be creative and put some action behind, you know, the feelings that we have in our heart to do more. So, yeah, it's been great. I'm, I'm always going to big up Jayville. I know everybody knows about Fayetteville. Everybody knows about Jacksonville, Florida, but I'm always got to get big up North Carolina, man. It, it got a special, special place in my heart. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you, you definitely got to put me in contact with, with that brother because uh, I'm definitely, you know, especially I'm out here right now, man. If I can rock some, if I can meet up with them, rock some of the gear or something like that, support the cause, man. I'm always down for that. So, um, uh-huh. I, oh, my bad. Was there another one? Um. I do have a nonprofit as well. Told y'all, told y'all, don't sleep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the nonprofit is uh, is actually a partner with Reality LLC, and pretty mm-hmm. much it's it's called Road to Reality. So, um, first off, I want to tell y'all that Reality is actually an acronym, and it stands for um, Realistic Equality and Loyalty Intended Towards You. Mm-hmm. And what that means for us is, you know, in a nutshell, when you put out a realistic energy of equality and respect, honor, loyalty to other people, you're going to get that same energy back. Mm-hmm. And when you get it back, you're going to have the energy to do more and more and more for the community around you. This way it builds up uh, and empowers everybody in the community to see you as a light and then enable them to be a light themselves. So mm. That's what we want to do. That's really what all the businesses that I'm a part of are trying to do. And uh, Road to Reality is a niche of that to where we have certain programs that are open to the public 
in Seaside, California specifically, but all over Monterey Peninsula, where they can come get educated on things like real estate basics, um, financial literacy, leadership, introspection, fitness and health, um, coding, and all these things are major in regards to how we continue forward in our path for success. You know, there's not a single person out there who doesn't understand why coding is important right now in this day and age. And to mm -hmm. be able to get that resource and lesson for free at a place like Road to Reality, that's, it's just amazing. So we're focused on the youth, young kids, as well as up to about the age of 25, you know, so that that way, even those folks who may be out of high school, they're not getting those opportunities pushed on them anymore. You know, they still have an opportunity to come in and learn with us. So, yeah, man, thanks for that opportunity. Say that again. Oh, no, man. I mean, it, again, I, in case y'all are trying to keep up, I'm pretty sure and ease. Make sure I'm tracking. We're tracking four or five businesses and one non for one non for profit. Yeah. Four businesses and one nonprofit. Yeah. Okay. So we got four businesses, one non for profit, all while being a graduate student at NPS, Naval Postgraduate School, getting your electrical engineering degree. On top of that, being a commissioned officer in the United States Navy. That is correct, brother. But also being a, a great friend, a great family man, a great brother. You know, what, what else can I say? What else can I say? Did I miss anything? Did I miss anything? like Stephen A. Smith right now talking about LeBron James. This is this is like I, I gotta keep going. I gotta keep going. <laughs> I mean I could pick stuff up if you want me to add it. Man. <laughs> um, I appreciate that though. Thank you. Thank you. No man no I, the question my question man is how are you splitting your time? How are you juggling all these responsibilities and obligations? You know because there's really two ways you could have went about this right one was hey I'm gonna devote all my time and energy into one project into one you know into one business maybe two but it seems like to me, you know, everywhere you went and every place that you have ventured, you've kind of touched a little bit of everything um, and you diversified all your businesses, even going to a non for profit. What made you kind of go with that? You know, what made you kind of go with that strategy? And on top of that, how do you just manage all of these different obligations? Yeah, that, that's a great question because um, it is difficult. But, I, but I'll say this. I think, uh, as I mentioned before, being able to honestly have passion for all of these things that I'm a part of is what makes it extremely easy for me to put energy into them. Next, being a co-owner of these other uh, businesses, uh, well, all these businesses that I'm referring to, uh, gives me the opportunity to lean on my partner who's also within that business and they can lean on me as well if they need to. Um, but nonetheless, I trust these people enough to know that you know, if I have to tell them, hey, I'm busy doing school stuff, they'll understand. They'll give me an opportunity to knock it out. And then, you know, I'll be honest with you, I'm not going to slack on them because I still believe in this project that we're working on. I still believe in this business. So I'm going to let them know, hey, I'm good now. Let's, what else you got? And I'm asking for it. I want it because I truly believe that every single one of these businesses is going to do good for other people. So again, as I mentioned earlier, if I put that energy out there like, hey, look, I'm trying to help all young. And then they say, OK, we see you trying to help us. And they give me that energy back. Now I have just as much energy again mm -hmm. to do it all over again. You know what I mean? And mm -hmm. uh, honestly, it's been it's worked out for me. Sure, there are times where I'm tired. I've worked all day with all these programs or businesses. 
but um, just understanding that I'm doing it for a good cause, I'm doing it for a good reason, helps me out. And then knowing that I have to set my boundaries, um, that's that's probably the biggest the biggest key. Mm-hmm. Being able to put it down so look, I'm don't call me after ten o'clock. Don't call <laughs> me. I don't want to hear nothing from none of y'all after ten p.m. Yep. You know what I mean? And I don't have to tell them that because again, they're busy doing their own stuff, or they know they need their rest as well. And that's stuff that we talk about. You know, we put that on the table on top because we understand that our mental health is a big deal. We understand that um, our rest is a big deal. Taking care of our bodies is a big deal, and um, we're not going to show up like we want to if we don't make sure we manage those things properly and effectively. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you, you mentioned a good point, boundaries. And I think a lot of people have, I would just say, you know, me growing up, it was you got to hustle till, you know, till you can't hustle no more. Or you got to go until you drop, you know, no sleep. You know, I got 15 hours of sleep in a day and mm-hmm. I'm up at four o'clock in the morning. Like Magic Johnson's up at four o'clock in the morning every day working out. P. Diddy's you know, like you hear all these great entrepreneurs and business moguls that I would say it seems like they have no boundaries. It seems like they have given their complete, you know, lives to their business, which good on them. You know, some people are willing to do that. But what about the people like, you know, in your situation where it's like, no, I'm going to have a little bit of boundary with a little bit of success. And I would say little. I, I don't mean that um, belittling. I mean, you, you have great success, but, it, you know, how do you what do you say to that in terms of balancing those two and actually establishing boundaries yeah man i think i think it's a sham man i think uh <laughs> i think that whole grind till you can't go no more I, you know it's not for me i'll say it. it's not for me and this is this is why and i i truly believe that there are more people that is not for than it is for mm-hmm. um a, a few reasons i say that um you know if, if you have one thing that you've been dreaming of doing and that's all you want to do and you're so passionate to where you're up all night all night doing it all right that's that's sure go for it Mm -hmm. but you know for the person who's still juggling so many different things um and may not have the opportunity or financial backing to you know do that one thing all the time they have to focus on other stuff um focus on their mental health focus on a relationship a family whatever these folks you got to consider your rest. You, if you don't, you're gonna you're gonna crack before you know it. The anxiety is gonna pick up, the stress is gonna pick up, and it's gonna pick up exponentially because your body's not getting what it needs, your mind is not getting what it needs um, to recuperate and recover. So I'm not saying you know sleeping every day and whatever, and I'm not saying don't make sacrifices. But what I am saying is understand where you are at each moment in your life, so that way if you gotta stay up. 24 hours all right you can do it this time but know that you can't do it for seven days straight mm-hmm. and not be tired it's not gonna happen that way. you're gonna be tired for another seven days so mm-hmm. just understand your balance understand who you are be true to who you are and then um you know with your own balance that you've set forth for yourself you can say all right maybe today's day i can take a break i can i can get some rest and eight mm-hmm. hours don't sound bad or six hours don't sound bad eight hours ain't for everybody it's not um and that's okay dropping knowledge yo i swear man like where where else free knowledge man this is crazy this is crazy because the things you're saying i think i think are not being said right and i i can i, I can we can sit up here all day bro i'm telling you i can pick your brain constantly constantly but you did mention hours right 
And I think something that is vastly different in the, the two roles that you have taken is one in the Navy, you control the hours for your, your sailors mm. in the civilian world. You can't just tell somebody to work until they, until they can't work no more. Right. So yeah. it's interesting, you know, when, how have you seen the differences between leadership styles and your own leadership styles between being again, that leader in the Navy versus, Hey, that leader of a business. Man, what a question. So that's, that's huge because, uh, this is the difference between the leadership. So leadership in the Navy is very direct, logical, um, sequential in regards to how it gets done. Civilian world, a lot more fluid, um, a lot more of a balance of logic and maybe emotion, if you want to say that, or maybe um, just consideration. And mm -hmm. um, the rules are just different. So that in mind, I do both. From the civilian mm -hmm. side, I bring over the calmness, I bring over the emotional intelligence, I bring over the understanding piece, and like I'm serious about it. And like I don't I don't mess around with you know people when it comes to hey, where's your head at today? Because as you know, when we're operating, um, someone's life could be in your hands. Yeah. And as soon as that person is too tired or they got something on their mind. And they're not ready to actually operate. Something bad might happen. Mm -hmm. Now, on the Navy side and going to the civilian side, I'm able to provide structure. I'm able to present a direct answer, and I'm able to do it without offending people because I also understand the emotional side of the house. So, um, yeah, it's just I was able to find balance um, between the two. There's no mm -hmm. reason a civilian meeting should go for an hour if it's scheduled for 30 minutes. Mm -hmm. We're not doing it. You <laughs> and I would be like, I'll don't do it on the ship. I'm not yeah. doing it. Yeah. No, yeah. We got 30 hey, minutes. Sorry, we got 30 minutes. Yeah, so. you might want to keep that. Uh, definitely bring that over to the Navy side, the military side. Man, we all need to bring that over because. <laughs> yeah. I swear I've seen them both, yeah. both too, but yeah. I will say more of my meetings have been on time. Well, a lot of my meetings have been on time and structured to where all right this is what we're talking about and that's it but yeah and a lot of times on the civilian world that doesn't always happen but it's okay we manage we make it work mm -hmm. i mean that's i mean that's a great answer man that's a great answer i think i think a lot of people are going to be i think that's the question of, of a lot of people man because it's not a question of you know are you going to be five years or 20 years in the military or 30 years right that's not the question. The question is, when you get out, what are you going to transition to? And how are you going to use the skills that you learn in the Navy and the military on the other side? Because at the end of the day, we all hang the uniform up eventually. So, you know, it's, it's so awesome that you're able to utilize what you have now to practice that. Because that's what you're, you know, you're practicing. Hey, I got to balance both sides of this coin. But it's only at the end of the day, it's only going to help you as a leader all around become better. So, yeah, man, definitely that that's that's amazing. Um, definitely, we're definitely running out of time here. So I got to ask you my final two questions right before, before I let you go. Um, looking back on where you are now um, with all your business endeavors, if you could change one thing, what would it be? Man, um Honestly, I feel like I've learned a lot, so I wouldn't want to change anything. But if I had to change something, it would be um, 
read more about the market you're entering. Mm. You know, really understand it so you can you can go forth and really conquer whatever field you're stepping into. You mm. don't want to just do it off the wing. You want to do it with some real intentions in mind. So that's let, let me let me push back on you, right? Because I know okay. you said you know you wish you could have read more, but do you think? I know you kind of you kind of made you, you took a risk. You took a risk by getting into that market. Sure. Would you have rather waited? Would you have rather waited and read more and then got in the market, or would you have rather did what you did though, got in the market but then kind of continue your studies as you went along? So that's an interesting question uh, because. I saw an opportunity and I jumped on it and that that forced me to read more, you know, so even though I didn't read off the bat, I read more eventually and now I'm good now, you know, mm -hmm. so had, but had I waited for the opportunity and said, oh, somebody else might have filled that spot. Mm -hmm. So um, it was to me, it's much better to take action and then, you know, pick up the pieces later instead of uh, be too hesitant and now you're you're missing a whole opportunity that could have made you a better connection a lot of money or whatever so yeah gotcha 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 appreciate that all right that make that makes some that makes sense to me though and um my last one if you could put a public service announcement for anyone in the world you wish to network with in the future what skills or traits would that person have hmm. um i would say that person is probably someone who is an optimizer, uh, an innovator, hmm. and just understands, um, really understands how marketing works. I think those are hmm. probably the big ones for me. All the marketing people need to drop your ad in the comment box to drop yeah, the ad. Like <laughs> I got a lot of business to deal with, yep. and I don't always have the time to, to market it properly. So. You know, you know my my cousin she uh she's marketing man she's big in the marketing in new york city man she uh she's been marketing for everybody she's marketing for hennessy back in the day she's i wow. think she's with the makeup company now but um yeah man i, I definitely probably i'll do a little do a little link up with y'all because she's been she's been killing in new york city since she graduated um shoot she graduated a long time ago not a long time ago a couple years ago my bad name um anyway <laughs> hey man that's awesome but again marketers if you're out there y'all need to put the ads in the comment box drop all that uh ease my man brother brother thank you thank you thank you so much man i can't thank you enough for taking the time um to, to actually have this interview right um put yourself out there a little bit but honestly man just share like you know like i said in the in the teaser episode i got a lot of friends who just been killing it you know ease is just Wait, hold on, hold on. Bro, where did you get your nickname from? Oh, I know this man for, for 20, what, 2014? No, shoot, 2012? Yeah, yeah. Holy yeah. crap, we going on nine years, 10 years. And now, where, where, where did Ease come from, bro? Come on. Man, so so the nickname came back way back in middle school. So, again, being a layback kid who was always talking to people, uh, had some friends who were big into music, and a lot of them were high school folks. Now I'm in middle school, like I said. Mm -hmm. So this rap group, they were like, you know, if you want to be a part of the, if you want to be a part of the crew, you have to freestyle for it. <laughs> so we said, oh man, like me and two of my friends, uh, shout out to Flows, shout out to Kane, Kevin and Joe, 
but nonetheless, uh, we all had to come up with nicknames, one. And two, we all had to, you know, practice freestyling. So Be Easy was the full name, and it came from a mix of two songs, and then those two guys I just mentioned. Uh, Lil Wayne's Bring It Back, <laughs> he says a line that says, uh, I be easy, fall back, and be cool with it. Oh, that was, that was kind of my personality. Relax, lay back, chill all the time, right? And mm -hmm. then another song by T.I. at the time was called Be Easy. And um, yeah, so those two combined, plus the imagination of my two friends, they're you know, like, be easy. And then over time, um, it just got shortened to ease. And, you know, it stuck. It really stuck because, again, the personality thing, I think. Mm -hmm. there goes the miss no no misconceptions no more misconceptions okay okay the question is where are those songs at now can we can we find them oh of course of course i'm sure they're all over youtube <laughs> hey don't go searching for them y'all i swear <laughs> don't don't do that yeah, just don't do that <laughs> all right man but again I, I took enough of your time man i appreciate you coming out um hey man i'll let you sign us off man hit them hit them up with the hit them up with the contact and all the goodies i got you man i got you so one, make sure y'all go follow at Knights of Networking because that's a big deal. If we're gonna catch all the information, and this guy doing amazing work, gonna do even more in the future. Uh, my personal account on Instagram is uh, Carter, C A R T E R, O C K nine one zero. So it reads off Carter Rock nine one zero. Next for my cigar lounge, at Dapper D's Cigar. And then for Reality LLC out here in California, at Reality LLC. And then for my e-commerce store, First Glance Design, uh, with my roommate, at First Glance Design Store. And then lastly, the one I'm brand ambassador for, go check out that, at One's Legacy. And you'll find all me all over the place. My man, my man. I mean, again, bro, it's just, it's just awesome, bro. So thankful again for you coming coming by, man. Dropping some knowledge and all y'all. If y'all like this episode, again, do the most on the pages. All right. Um, we'll put all the information that Ease has dropped off on here in terms of his contact in the comments in the description. Um, by all means, hey, we're signing off from here from episode Network Nights. Um, again, thank you, thank you, thank you for everybody tuning in. Hope your Sunday is going going up. You know what I'm saying? This is this is uh this is my chill day, my lounge day. I usually catch up on errands on this day. I don't know about you, but um, I keep my spirit up today. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hey, but enjoy y'all Sunday. We'll kick it with y'all next time. Logging off. Peace. And my eyes need to see something that tells me my dreams meant for me. Something that tells me my dreams meant for me. I Seeking your guidance, you hide it.
Did I make a mistake? Asking myself, do I have what it takes? Will it all come crashing right down on me? Can't get out of my head or my heart off my sleeve. I'm just lost and frustrated. Feels like that I'm never gonna make it. But I know that's a lie. I know the battle is all in my mind. Cause sometimes I lose my. 